Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold from the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast right here on pain.tv slash gold. And I just joined a good friend of mine on their podcast called The Real World Witness. I figured, what the heck, folks? Have a good time listening right up front. I do a little bit of a uh, little bit of comedy, a little bit of Trump impression there. We were talking about an event where I appeared as Donald Trump back in 2018. So it was a lot of fun, and I used it as an opportunity to try to work on the narrative on how we spread the word about the war between freedom and technology. So have a great time, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the interview. I will see you tomorrow for episode 141. This is Chrissy, Real World Witness here, and I am here with my good friend Dustin Gold from the Gold Standard. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Well, how are you doing today, Chrissy? I'm doing okay. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, so I'm not even sure if it's actually live or not, but whatever. We'll go with it. <laughs> no, no. So, Chris, it's definitely live. I, I just pulled it up on uh, YouTube to see if it was oh, live, and it's live. Okay, yeah. so it is. All right, good. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so, um, so Dustin and I, we met a few years back, you want to kind of just give a brief overview of how we know each other and introduce yourself. Yeah, it was years ago. You were doing, uh, I think, the Real World Witness Show, the yeah. original version with uh, Douglas Cody. And at the time, I was doing a Donald Trump impression. And I would dress up as Trump. I went to 13 Trump rallies. I did a couple of the inaugural deplorables. It was a comedic version of Trump. And so you reached yeah. out to me. Back then, everyone that was, you know, MAGA was all on Twitter. There was all these Twitter DM rooms going on. Right. And so that's why you reached out to me. And I came on your podcast. And then a few months later, you introduced me to Doug. And Doug was looking to try to grow his show. And so we got involved. Uh, together working on Doug's project, had done a mini border documentary. We covered Politicon, which was a left-leaning political conference in Nashville. We covered the Virginia gun rally. And we did a lot of really cool stuff over the course of a year. And then COVID land, the high school theater production came along and <laughs> uh, basically disrupted everything. And right. uh, ever since then, we've all been trying to get back on track. So yeah. <laughs> that's how and we it's know it's been a time. long road. It's been a long road. That's for sure. Um, I know. And I, I mean, you're hilarious. I think you're the best uh, Trump impersonator. Anyway, it was hilarious. <laughs> you should have seen it when we went to the uh, Politico. That was so hilarious. People were like, because you're just really good, right? Like right on the spot, you know, you're coming up with stuff. And there were two guys, it, it was him and one other guy. And I saw the other guy and the other guy was like, you know, a deadpan, ridiculous compared to what, you know, how you do yours. So yeah. I might, I, I might, there are a lot of, I will tell you, there's a lot of Trump fans on this, on this, uh, I guess, in my audience. In your but. community, yeah. No, I, I would, no, I would say it was, that conference was funny because what happened was the, I forgot the guy's name. He was some left-leaning pundit. Yeah. And he had reached out to me because it was taking place in Nashville and I lived in Nashville. So he was obviously trying to get me to come for free. So yeah. they wanted me to sit on a panel with like five other pundits and podcasters and do Trump. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, if you can get us free tickets and access yeah. to the VIP room and all this other stuff. And that's cause I figured what the hell let's go there and cover it for Doug's show. And it right. turned out to be great. But when I was walking around doing Trump, I don't know if you remember, it was Bill Weld. He was the former 
governor yes. of Massachusetts. And uh, he was like, uh, I think he was Republican, but at the time he would be known as like a never Trumper. Yes. And I, I never saw Bill Weld in person. So I'm there as Trump. And when I'm dressed up as Trump, I, I'm yes. six foot three. And then I also wear these lift shoes because I like to play Trump really tall and tower over people. And then I had the hair. So I'm standing at like 6'6". And Bill Weld was pretty tall. But I could tell he's like a full-blown alcoholic. His face was bright red. He looked like a stereotypical uh, Irishman. And so I started messing with him. And then he was getting a little upset with it. So I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I was like, the, there was some press there interested in what I was doing. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Weld, total alcoholic. How many shots did you have before you came here, Bill Weld? And, I, and then when I finally got back in the green room, after I broke the guy's balls for like 10 minutes out in the public, Doug and I went back there. It was like a staging area for the talent there. And Bill Weld is in there and he's like shaking his head like, oh, no. And I started messing with him in there. And then backstage, I don't know if people remember, uh, what's that lady's name? It's not Rachel Maddow, but she looks kind of like Rachel Maddow. She's like a left-leaning pundit lesbian on MSNBC or something. Anyway, she had on, she's got a short haircut like Rachel Maddow. Yeah. And she was wearing one of those, uh, like a flannel shirt, long sleeve flannel shirt, and one of those kind of bubble vest jacket, yeah. like a bubble vest, and jeans. So I go, oh, my God, I couldn't remember her name. So I said, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you, one of my favorite people on the planet. And she turns and she's laughing, thinking, like, I must be like a, 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 a liberal and yeah. I'm dressed as and I'm going to say something nice. I go, get over here. Let's take a picture. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future. Unbelievable. And everyone starts, like, bursting out laughing. And I said, it's amazing, Michael. What a drugs are you on? You're not shaking right now. It's fantastic. So great. And so, so then we go, I don't know if you remember, I go out on that panel. Yeah, And one of the guys, he was some left-leaning podcaster. He was this chubby, like, black guy. Yeah. And he and he had sort of Don King hair that yeah. stuck yeah. straight up in the air. It was black and white. Yeah. And and uh, backstage, I was thinking, I need some jokes for this guy. Like, I got to right. do something on this panel. Like, he's going to be the one I constantly attack. So I yeah. remember I had these jokes ready to go. I mean, folks, he was round. I mean, he was big, like Michael Moore. Yeah. A black guy with this stick up hair. So I'm the first joke. I forgot what happened. And I said, uh, you know, something about uh, this is uh, Eddie Murphy's stunt double from The Nutty Professor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said something about it. it was Don King after he eats McDonald's yeah. every day for an entire year. And then something about, you know, I said, oh, they, they were talking about race or something like nonsensical. And then it got yeah. to me I, and he went on this diatribe about racism. And I said, that's really rich coming from blackface Albert Einstein. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Said that. Oh my God. Yeah. After the thing, he grabbed me. He goes, I can't believe, I can't believe, why did you pick on me so much? I said, Come on, man, you were an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is like the one thing that I want, I, I want to get uh, out there is that, you know, it's all a big game. You know, it's so funny because when we went to that political thing, I was like thinking it was going to be more conservative. Uh-uh. It's a basically a liberal 
convention. I mean, it really is. And it was so funny because to, to, to like actually see how these people operate, I'll never forget James Comey, right? I covered that, right? I had to go and video it. Oh my God. I mean, literally this guy was so evil. Like I couldn't, you know how you, when you see, hear evil or whatever, you can, you, you just have to get out of there. You cannot handle it at all. Well, anyway, that's how it was with me. And I, I mean, these people are laughing at his jokes. It was like, you know what it was? It was like day of the day of the Jed. There are a bunch of zombies that are watching this character up there talking about this and that and everything. And I was just like, oh, and he's like, well, I don't know. We did our best talking about Spice Gate and all that crap. And I was just like, I can't believe these people. I had to leave. I literally left my post because I yeah. couldn't stand it. Like, talk, hear him talk. He, and these people were just scooping it up. They were eating it up. And I was like, this must be what real evil is like, you know, because these people are just oblivious to it. And I can't handle it. I was, I was the only one that couldn't stand it. I had to leave. Anyway, it was just well, that, that was at the point in time, you know, to put it into context, that was yeah. back in like 2018, I think, yeah. or 2019. So was. that was at the point in time there was a lot of, you know, half the country thought that someone like Comey was going to end up getting arrested. But this was after he left his position right. uh, as FBI director. And then he was the star of this panel discussion. But again, at that conference, this was moving into the 2020 election. So you had... Um, at that time, like Andrew Yang was running. Uh, and so you had all these kids there from the Yang gang. Doug did a really good right. interview with like four of them. And it was, they were all supporting universal basic income and all this nonsense. I mean, that's basically what the conference was, was a lot of younger, um, kids who can, I self-identified as being on the left. And, and then they're listening to all these like NPR, you know, left-leaning policy wonk type people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of weirdos there. Yeah. And so anyway, it was, it was, a, it was really eye-opening. And then you and Doug, you guys were on the green room and it's just so funny because everybody's like, oh, they're all friends. Right. But then on stage or in the news, they're all like going after each other. You know, yeah, like at the time, Reince Priebus, who was the former head of the Republican Party, who went to work for Trump as the chief of staff, and then you had um, what's her what's the uh, Brazil Donna Brazil, she yeah, was former head of the Democrat Party, and then she left to work for I think under a CNN contract, yeah. and then the and the next thing you know, like I'm showing Doug, the two of them are backstage, and Ryan's just like, oh, I can't wait till our families go on vacation at the uh, lake house next week together. They're like hugging each other, and uh, I had told Doug, I said, you're gonna see, man, everything that we're fighting on the douglas to cody show at the end of the day like we're the fools because these guys are all buddies they're all friends they're just wwe wrestlers yeah. and so i just explained it on my show the other day because i always talk about that i said it's it's even worse than them being an actors because there's certain people that are cemented into a character like in mm -hmm. wrestling you have hulk hogan he's always hulk hogan you have macho man randy savage he's always right. macho man in real life you have like nancy pelosi she's always nancy pelosi or mitch mcconnell's always mitch mcconnell but in wrestling you'll have a big actor right and like right. on wednesday night's match he might be don the dentist 
And then on Thursday night's match, he's like Jojo, the plumber man. And then on Friday, he's another character. He's like the crazy pizza chef. Well, in real life, you have a lot of these characters, too in politics also in the influencer world on social media you have characters that mm-hmm. literally play different characters all the time like like they right. change like one day they're a conservative and the next day they have like a whole new youtube channel and there's some like nazi and then on wednesday they're like a jewish liberal you're like who what right. the hell is this they bounce around and play different characters is yeah. it freezing up for you over there yeah it is it's freezing up a little bit on my end is it it's freezing up on your end too yeah, I just saw a, I just saw a jump for a second, so I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, it's freezing up on my end here and there. I don't know. I mean, well, you know, I'm in the boondogs, so <laughs> there you go. But anyway, but yeah, so um, so I wanted to discuss. So yeah, so we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. There's a lot of stuff going on, um, and obviously uh, the davos meeting uh the annual meeting in davos of the elite the rich those that are running the world uh happened over this last week weekend um and i do want to show i'm going to show this video because actually these these guys are my heroes actually i mean i would have loved to have approached it so this guy this is Al- Albert Borla from the WEF. He's the WEF CEO. And these guys are from Rebel News. And they basically uh, got got him. Let me um, see if I can do a present. I want to share my screen. Okay. This is hilarious. Because I was dying laughing. I was like, what? Can you... Okay, share my screen. Yes, I'm sharing my screen. I think. Can you see the? Can you see my? Um, let me see. Share. Can you see my thing? Can you see? No, it? I just see. I see the two of us. Can you still hear me talking? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. As long as you can hear me. I don't know what's going on. Something's freezing yeah, up over here. I'm trying to get a fix. Yeah, I can see you wiggling your nose and stuff and moving around. <laughs> you can see me wiggling my nose. Okay, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have two computers, so it, it's not going to happen. Let's see. I should be able to share the system audio. Share. I was able to manage this the last time I did something. Oh, crap. I wanted to show this because it's really funny. Hold on a minute. I don't know why it's not working. This computer sucks, man. I just got to say. Well, crap. Anyway, yeah. These two guys. Well, anyway, I know I know what you're going to show. And you probably don't yeah, want my opinion. Do you, you, you actually want my opinion on it? <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, they, they just kept throwing out questions. He was just, he was just walking, and they, he tried to get away from them, and then he got trapped, and then he walked all the way. So, what yeah. is your uh, assessment of the situation? He basically, That's, they were just throwing questions out. You know, don't you think you, uh, you but, know, you owe the people money? Don't you know how how much how much money have you taken because of the? And we have to be careful what we say. He is yeah. the CEO of uh, the P word is what it was uh, the. Yeah, 
jab, the main jab people. So he was the CEO of that. That's who yeah. it was. So go ahead. And he was at the WEF. My opinion, it's uh, staged WWE wrestling and uh, Rebel Media is part of the system. So that's it was you nothing more than a duck. Oh, no, I know so. so. <laughs> it was just about it was just about basically getting uh, people to listen or whatever. Yeah, it's staged yeah. to make it look. No one can get that close to those people, so it's staged. It's like it. It was uh, just orchestrated, like the one with the person going up to Klaus Schwab. Like that's all staged too. Like there's uh, supposed to be five thousand troops there patrolling everywhere yeah. with hardcore security, and then someone can go stick a mic in Klaus Schwab's face. It's like, come on. I mean, rebel, rebel media. You know, looking. You know, rebel media. Where you for going back to the Trump days? You're supposed to believe they're like on our side. And yeah. for everyone who cycled through rebel media, from uh, Gavin McGinnis and the rest of them, are all controlled. The majority of what you watch is just controlled propaganda run by the state. Yeah. That's that's all it is. I mean, you know how you know when people aren't controlled when they have very small followings. That's how. Because yeah. in the world we the world we live in today, you can't grow and get huge unless you're controlled. It's just not allowed. Yeah. It's so sad, though, because, you know, so many of us out here are trying to, you know, they don't want the truth out there. And that's basically it. Well, then it's 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 more than, you know, the, the truth is we operate inside of. Uh, what is like the it's called it's the technocratic state is what we live in and it's right. worldwide and we live under the culture it's not necessarily that there's one like individual controlling it now you, you could go you could look behind the curtain and say the Rockefellers the Rothschilds Illuminati and right. stuff like that sure they all play like a part in it but um, the technocratic system is now this culture we live in a technological society and it is a one world uh, system it's not that it's coming it's already here we're living under it so you're allowed to do certain things with inside the system as long as you're not a, a big threat to the system and right. um, the more that we see every day that goes on the system is just going to continue to corral more people deeper and deeper into the system and it's going right. to create more control more handcuffs it's just a giant prison planet that you live inside of uh there's no changing it in my opinion um you're not going to stop it it has nothing to do with republican or democrat or left or right or conservative or liberal in this country it has nothing to do with political parties as far as right. i'm concerned congress in this country uh, the parliament in the UK, they are just illusions. It's WWE wrestling because we live in what's called like a quasi technocracy where you have the illusion of representative government or the illusion of parliamentary system. But at the end of the day, the technocracy controls everything. I, I mean, I just watched a video the other day. You probably, I don't know. You might've seen it. It was that British politician. He was wearing a tuxedo and he started ranting about like wokeness. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Uh, what well, spread far and wide, and people sent it to me, and I said, well, did you watch it all the way to the end? Because you would assume the guy's on your side if you identify as a conservative or on the right, right, because he's sitting there complaining about wokeness, and he's talking about all these woke kids in England that want to fix climate change, and England only amounts for 2% of the climate change. But what, the, what people aren't realizing is he's walking you into the trap of 
climate change, which there's two parts to pollution. There's pollution that's real, and then there's the climate change hoax. And he keeps walking you down the trap. And at the end, he says, if you really want to fix climate change, it's all about innovation and technology. He's beginning to drive people into the hands of what is the central bank digital currency carbon credit system. So, like, people think he's on their side. He's not on your side. His job is to walk you right deeper into technology because the real answer to fighting this system whether it's in your personal life or if you think you're going to save the planet, is actually reducing the technological footprint, not going further into technology. Technology cannot solve the problems that we've created with technology. And, and that would be everything from mental illness and alcoholism and drug abuse and just, um, you know, self-hate, transgenderism, all the gays. Everything that we're seeing is a result and a product of the technological system that has basically taken us as humans so far away from the wiring in our DNA to being hunting hunters and gatherers, which we right. were up until 250 years ago. So the whole system has taken us so far out of that, that we now have mental illness. We now have all of these problems. And then what's the answer? Rockefeller medical industrial complex comes to the rescue with big yeah. pharmaceuticals. Now they smoke pot. Okay. Take psychedelics. Hey, put on this brain chip reader. That's going to tell you yeah. why you're thinking crazy thoughts. So they keep driving everyone further and further into the technological system. And eventually the reality of this, whether you're looking at it from, you know, biblical end times yeah. to whether you're looking at it, uh, if you don't believe in that, you're just wondering what the hell's going on. There's only one logical conclusion to this. It leads towards engineering of humanity out of existence. And those who get to live, live inside of a digital slave state. I mean, there's no other way this goes if we keep moving forward. I mean, Who's going to reform it? How do you reform a technological system? You cannot reform it. You cannot separate the good and the bad of technology because technology has proven itself now to have one purpose, which is to destroy human freedom and eventually humanity altogether. There's no other way it goes. Technology, that's just what it naturally does. Whether it's people at the top controlling it, like it's a monolith, or it's just its natural organic growth, Technology is designed to take humans out of the equation. That's the whole entire point of technology. Well, yeah. I mean, in the whole, well, there's that. And then uh, obviously, you know, AI is a huge thing. And now that it's so funny because, you know, now you see sort of the progression of how they, how they, info, how they get the influence of the AI. I mean, they've got that creepy ass movie did you see the movie i haven't watched it or anything but there's this there's this definitely it's all ai this ai doll or person or whatever uh it, it's crazy what they're doing and the ai stuff is people people understand i think there's a lot of people especially in the community that i'm in we believe in the you know yeah there's ai ai is going to take over but there's this consensus that there's good ai and bad ai there isn't, in my opinion, I don't think there's good or bad. I mean, AI, it's it, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence. And what they're doing now is, is they're trying to get people to sign up to be your, to have like their twin, a digital twin now. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on all over the internet mm -hmm. uh, and in these chats and, you know, TikTok and all these, they want you an avatar. There's no, there is no accident that Avatar 2 came out, and I've never even seen the first one, but there's, it's not an accident. They, what they're trying to do is they want us 
to uh, basically load our Abby up with all of our likes, dislikes, you know, the way we think, the way we, uh, you know, how, how we would uh, respond from this or that. That's the goal. And ultimately what they want, in my opinion, is, is they, they'd like us to just stay home with the VR glasses on or the augmented reality uh, glasses that they're, they're, they're testing now. I mean, my brother wants to have that. I'm just like, are you kidding me? These kids nowadays, they have the app. Everything is like, they want you to use the Fitbit. They want you to use the Apple watches. They want you to, uh, you know, anything that can monitor your body, your, your body, or, you know, what you think, how you think it's all inclusive. It's all for a purpose. And, and it's hard for people to kind of wrap their heads around that. You know, um, we talked before that, you know, e Elon Musk, I mean, he went on Joe Rogan and talked about putting the chip. They basically want to open your head up and put this chip in with thousands of wires and meld you. They want a cyborg person. And, and that's the thing that people don't understand there. It's not, we as humanity need to start paying attention to this stuff and stand up because if we don't, then yeah, humanity goes to the wayside. I mean, that's what their goal is with all of this stuff. So what do you what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, I, I'll just say that, you know, let's just look at the let's break this down because you started off with artificial intelligence. So people, humans are already taking orders from artificial intelligence, like regular people. You go to the gym and you see someone with a Fitbit on yes. and the Fitbit is measuring their heart rate, their blood oxygen level. Some of the Fitbits and iWatches actually have ECG readers on them. So you're yeah. beaming that information up to the cloud, the cloud, right? What's mm -hmm. the cloud? The cloud is a collection of servers. Right. All the servers in the world are basically made up by Amazon Web Services, Microsoft, Google, and Oracle. So the whole internet is really concentrated under those four companies that are all front companies of the United States government. So there's no secretive cloud. There's no such thing as decentralized internet, decentralized crypto. It's all run on the same cloud. Now, if this wasn't a worldwide construct, uh, how could our CIA be housing their data, which they do under $10 billion contracts with, the, uh, with Amazon Web Services? At the same time, China uh, uses for their intelligence Amazon Web Services. So Amazon's allowed to house multiple countries that are enemies, intelligence data. I mean, so it goes to show you there's no actual enemies. So when you go to the gym and you're using the Fitbit and it's spitting back, we recommend doing this, we recommend doing that, and you do it, you're actually complying with the machine. That's artificial intelligence right. telling you what to do. Now, at the World Economic Forum four days ago on January 19th, they had a discussion and it was called Brain Transparency. Uh, I covered this yesterday on the Dusty Gold Standard, episode 139, called Brain Transparency, the battle for your brain. And so they bring this woman up, and this has not been put out on YouTube yet. I'm talking about the actual video. It was only on the World Economic Forum website. So if you're not trolling their website, you wouldn't have found this, which is why I decided to cover it, because I usually skip things that everyone else is already covering. So she's from duke university and like one of these futurists right so she comes out she does a whole presentation on all this technology which is based on um eeg technology they're basically doing brain scans and so she's showing how in the workforce in a workplace they're going to make you wear this headband and headphones uh, earbuds that are tracking your brain and it's telling you 
why you're uh, not being productive, why uh, you're not happy, why you should do this or do that. And it tweaks your brain to tell you to stop looking at the handsome guy over in the corner uh, cubicle. It's, so then she goes through and she goes, well, this is already being done. This is not new. There's They have minors out in the workforce, like out oh supposed blue collar guys wearing these. They're using it in various industries and it's being rolled out. So today I decide, you know what, I'm going to do my show. I'm going to do some research on these companies. I find dozens of manufacturers that are making these EEG devices. Some of them look like neoprene scuba helmets with wires hanging all over it. Some are just little earbuds you put in. And now they're working with thousands of companies already, Fortune 500s, of bringing these uh, earbuds into the workplace. I'm talking about unrolling over the next couple of months. So I've asked my audience the question, um, where do you draw the line? If you're someone, and, and I don't judge anyone, we, we were all caught off guard during COVID land, the high school theater right. production. But if you were someone who say were reluctant to, or you didn't necessarily want to get the jab, but then you're company said you have to or you're going to lose your job and then you were put in a position where you weren't going to be able to bring a paycheck home and feed your family or you had to risk being poisoned or connected up to the cloud or whatever you thought that that fax was going to do maybe you just thought hey this thing isn't tested it's not safe but you took the gamble right well now you see what's happening and you're starting to go, oh, my God, it's worse than I actually thought. Well, my question is, where do you draw the line? So when you go to work tomorrow and your boss, your supervisor comes up to you and says, put these headphones in. Don't worry. It's going to help make you more productive. We're just tracking your brainwaves and uploading them to a cloud. And then AI, what it does is there's a software on your phone. And it, this is the first phase. It tells you, Chrissy, you seem like... You are not productive. We recognize that doing yoga helps you. So do a yoga pose. Like This is literally, they call it the virtual assistant. It's essentially oh your digital twin. So, so where is the line drawn? Like, are you going to put these in? What happens if you go to go get your social security check next week and they say, you can't have it unless you wear these headphones or you can't have it unless you put this device on your head? So I ask people now, uh, at a certain point, it's only your own fault. You have to look in the mirror and start to take responsibility for actions at this point because you were already awoken during the last three years. So if you go to your work tomorrow and they try to make you do it, are you going to tell them, screw you, I'm not doing it? Because what I'm trying to get across to my audience is a revolution against this tyrannical system that you live under. You cannot keep complaining. You live under a tyrannical system and then keep complying with tyranny. If they pass a law tomorrow and tell you you have to shoot yourself in the face, are you going to take out a gun and shoot yourself in the face? Why do you keep complying with tyranny? This is going to be a revolution of ideology. It's an ideological revolution. It's this technocracy the endless technology versus the concept of wild nature. Like we, we don't have to even paint a utopia and say, we're going to build a planned society just like they're doing. You say, my thing is you have to start to figure out if you're serious about this, how you're right. actually going to exit the system. That's what I call it. Like, how are you going to exit the matrix? hundred percent. You don't have to go run out in the woods and live under a burlap sack. You know, I'm not <laughs> telling people to do that. Although I'm okay. contemplating, but but if, if you can step out of the matrix 
If you can take the video games away from your kids, because I will tell you this, I just did all the research. How many people know that the VR headsets and the AR headsets in the next couple iterations are going to have the EEG technology in it where it's actually scanning your brain? It has it inside it. Like this is in here. Did did people know that the uh, iWatches and Fitbits have the ECG technology? No, a lot of people don't know this. And who knows what's really in it? Because I'm not an engineer who's taking apart my watch when I buy it. Go, let me see what's inside the watch. Make sure there's no, uh, oh, look at this special node in here that no one told me about. Like, we're not doing that. So the thing is, it's a conscious decision to start to figure out how to wean yourself, your kids, your grandkids off the technology. Then you can start to figure out, is there a way for you to escape and retreat to, let's say, a more rural area? The beginning of starting to grow your own food and do things like that. I mean, there's so much we can talk about in in that world. But then if you actually want to Go out and trust me, if you actually go this path, you're going to be so busy, you're not going to have time to save the world. But if you decide that you want to go out and also try to save the collective, what you need to be able to do is frame these arguments and talk about the dangers of technology, basically taking away freedom to your kids, your grandkids, your loved ones, your friends and folks that you want to try to save. It was like trying to warn people not to get the facts. If you believe that it was going to harm your friend, you tried to explain that to him. So I think that's the place where we really have to get to now. Like, like at least for me, I'm post-political. I don't even want, I seriously, unless, even if somebody sends it to me, I really don't see it. Unless I accidentally see stuff on my Facebook feed, because I go through there, sometimes I like to see what regular people, like family and friends are saying about certain subjects. Uh, or on Twitter only because I have that for my show. If I accidentally see something about politics, uh, that's how it gets into my head. But other than that, ask me two years ago, I knew who AOC, all the different players are. I don't even know anymore. I really don't care. I don't look at them as being meaningful in my life. They don't actually make real decisions. They're just puppets that are put there. They're used car salesmen. So all I'm focused on with my show is showing people the technology that's coming so they can avoid it. Right. So they can warn others about it and then start to hopefully spark people into writing down their goals, figuring out solutions and figuring out how to exit the system as much as possible if that's what they want to do. You know, some people will decide, you know, I'll tolerate it. But I, I've had in-depth conversations with friends of mine and it gets to the point where they say, well, you know, I'm going to stay in it. And I said, well, then stop, then you, then stop bitching about it. Like, seriously, uh, I just had a conversation with my father yesterday. He's always complaining about the, uh, drag queen story hours and all this other stuff. There's one of them going on today at the, the town next to him. So it's a big news up in Connecticut. I said, dad, it's, that's part of the culture, whether you accept it or don't accept it, or whether a majority accepts it, it doesn't matter. The technological system says it's part of the culture. So either get used to it or take your money and buy 10 acres in the middle of West Virginia, turn off the TV and the internet, and then you'll never see a drag queen story hour for the remaining years that you have in your life. Like it only exists because you're focused on it. You only exist because you're watching it. You have to either leave or just accept it because it's not going to change. And even if you went down there and you spent thousands of hours of your life trying to stop the drag queen story hour at this one library, then guess what? While you're doing that, six more popped up across the street. 
So, I mean, that's what actually happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I think the main thing, and I think as far as with the community that I'm in, I mean, we're all, we, we under, I think, and I understand, I mean, my whole thing is this, is that their goal, I'm saying the bad people, the bad the people that are running the world and whatever, their whole goal is to, is to destroy humans destroy the dna destroy the god code because that's what it is and um and i think too a lot of a lot of people are turning to alternative alternatives to the big pharma to medic medical industry um because they're not doing they're not you know it's it's, it's all just a big it's a big um what am i what's the word i'm trying to find anyway it's just a big game it's it's just a big money situation you know anything that has money into it i forgot what my train of thought was sorry everybody but anyway um so i really think that you're right the whole what people have to decide is how much do you want to be in the system and unfortunately it's going to become a time where yeah you are going to have to make the decision uh okay well we're going to cut you off if you get the chip or if you don't agree to have your you know, your conscious, they talk about this consciousness, but the thing is, is that the cloud, that's what they're trying to create. They're trying to create an alternate, basically your alternate self through this cloud. It's ridiculous. And um, I don't know how else to explain to like, for instance, my brother who, and their kids, they have all these, I mean, they have two Alexas. That was the other thing I was going to bring up, the Alexa, you know, um, telling you what to do. Alexa, what time is it? Alexa, this. I mean, like, my entire family has Alexa. And then my for Christmas, my, my brother's wife buys him an office Alexa. I mean, you, if you can't figure out how to look up something, I mean, you have the internet at your fingertips on your phone. What do you need to ask Alexa for? It's all categorizing and catalog, cataloging your likes. You're just, I mean, we all complain about that, right? You go, uh, you're visiting a website, and then all of a sudden you start getting ads for that, or you get texts mm -hmm. for that, or this and that. That's exactly what they're doing, and they want to do it on a more deeper level, where you know every your entire existence is going to be categorized. It's going to be cataloged, categorized. You know, they're going to know every step that you make. You know that song, "Every Breath You Take, Every Move You Make." I'll be watching you. That's exactly what the goal the end goal with these people are so i think that a lot of us have to make come to the decision that you, i mean all that is just in my opinion at this point at this point i feel like it's all just just uh re, it's um what's the word it's just static it's just it, it doesn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things all this crap basically you have to decide how you want to live what you can live without Mm. you know what how, how you are going to respond when these things come up because you know it's going to come up eventually mm. so you know yeah I, I mean i put i put i put this challenge out to my audience i'm like first you know you know before you make a decision that you're going to like pack up and move to the woods first try this try not to use any technology yeah. outside of work or of, let's say you're doing research or educating yourself. So if you're educating yourself in further skills or you're researching, let's say, how to escape the system, 
Try not to use any technology other than that. Get rid of the smart devices in your house. Get rid of the yeah. smart TVs. Only carry your phone on you when you're working. Otherwise, yeah. like I've been trying to do it here, right? Like, so when I go upstairs, my studio's in the basement. I try to leave my phone yeah. at my desk. So my new, my kid who's like uh, 10 months old or 10 weeks old now doesn't see me with the phone in my hand all the time. If you're going to go out hiking, or go to the beach, try to reconnect with nature. I said, leave your phone at home. Now, you're obviously not going to shoot on 35 millimeter film because it's a lot harder to get pictures developed now. Right. Uh, but bring a, you know, you could buy a decent uh, used DSLR camera for a couple hundred bucks now. Bring that yeah. with you. So you take the pictures, but you're not, you know, you don't have this drive to want to get on your phone. Like every right. single time, you know, you're sitting in the movies and somebody goes, uh, who's that actor? Oh, hold on a second. I mean, oh, that's Bob Benson. He was, oh, yeah, I remember. You know, and then before you know it, you're looking up how tall, how tall is he? Let me look real quick. Like every stupid thing. So start to consciously remove the technology from your life. That's how you start freeing yourself. The other thing you were just talking about, kind of how the system works, and I've tried to simplify it into yeah. basically the 0.01%, the 0.99%, and then the 99%. And the way this technocracy right. operates is you have the 0.01% at the top. Those are the guys behind the curtain, the ones that are driven by some dark, spiritual, underbelly. Uh, I mean, these are the guys that literally the make the world move. Yeah, the yeah. 0.99%. Those are the guys that are all about control and power. These are all the people that you see at the heads of these major international organizations, uh, to some degree, some of the politicians. And then you have the lower 99%. Those are the people that are driven by money all the way down to us to get a paycheck. We are worker bees in the system, actually helping them build the technocracy all around us. And we're driven by money. I do my podcast because I got to pay bills. People right. go to work and they program on the computer because they got to get paid. Cops run around enforcing all kinds of unconstitutional mandates because they get a paycheck. So we are the worker bees that get stuck operating in the system. We're driven by money. The guys at the top uh, are the guys in the middle are the power and control. And the guys above them are like some dark spirituality. So the ones that are about control and power they don't need the money because they have access to the printing press, whether mm -hmm. that's paper money or it's minted coins or it's digital tokens, mind in cyberspace. If they control the printing press, right, the big banker guys I'm talking about, they walk into the room and they go, fill me up five bags with money. Then they walk out and they go, I'm the richest guy on earth. And we go, yo, we'll take your money. And that makes them the richest guy on earth. It's as right. simple as that. I mean, that's pretty much the structure of what we're looking at. And it doesn't matter if you're operating under fake capitalism, under socialism, under communism. At this point, it's all the same thing because what overrides all of that is technocracy. And every country at this point is operating under technocracy. Uh, the countries that thought that they weren't, like the poverty, supposed poverty-stricken indigenous folks, of which I wish I was one of them, uh, what happens with those countries? They send the International Monetary Fund in there after we destabilize them with a fake war or we collapse their economy, and then they come in and they wave around a check and they say, we're going to build up your infrastructure. And then what they end up doing is they 
drive them into debt, they take them over, and then they industrialize those countries, then they tell them they're polluters, and the answer to that is more technology. I mean, this is basically the system that we're operating under right now. You're supposed to believe Putin and Zelensky are enemies. At the same time, Putin's calling for an international central bank digital currency, while Zelensky launches Ukraine's central bank digital currency pilot. All of the world leaders are calling for central bank digital currencies. All of them are on board with building it. The central banks are involved. You've got Visa, MasterCard, all the big banks, Citibank, Bank of America, TD Bank, uh, USBC. They're all involved right now. I've gone over thousands of pages of their white papers on my show. I have a guest who's in finance. He's been on nine times. He's read personally over 3,000 pages of white papers coming out of Bank for International Settlements, the UN, and everything all about this stuff. So the issue is that, in my opinion, you know, it's... uh, it's well it's not my opinion that it's coming it's coming you're seeing it every day that's why people listen to these shows because they're trying to figure out what's going on all this is coming technocracy continues to grow and you know whether you love trump hate trump love ron desantis hate ron desantis you want trump and ron desantis to be friends even if even if those guys are good guys you think they're good guys i i I mean we'll never know if they're good guys i don't hang out with these people at their house i don't know what they do but if you if you think they are they are talking about these issues, all right? They're, they're not going to solve these issues. Uh, my personal belief is uh, you could take God at this point and put him in as president of the United States. He's not going to make a difference because the system is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. The only way you can actually stop it is to exit the system yourself. Like, say, I'm leaving. I'm protesting like the Amish. I'm leaving the system. Now, if the government wants to chase you down eventually with guns and kill you, that's going to happen anyway. They don't even need to do that. They can spray chemicals, you know, in the air and kill you. They could laser zap you with an Elon Musk satellite. So, I mean, don't like I don't let that kind of stuff prevent me from moving forward because they could kill you anytime they want. If they wanted to do that, they would have done that already also. But if they're gonna take all the people, let's say that didn't get vaccinated, and they're gonna release some disease that kills all of us, or they're gonna vaccinate the bees and the mosquitoes, and they're gonna sting us and kill us, well, guess what? There, there's absolutely nothing we're gonna do about that anyway. Like, well, that's, that's how you will die. Thing. There's nothing that we can do about what whatever their plans are is whatever their plans are. So we have to, we have to I think, come to a consensus in your in your own mind you know how you want to live the rest of your life i mean do we want to go and chase all these crazy things that they're doing or do we want to focus on you know personal goals we might have because that's where i'm at i mean you have your mindset i think and like like you said it's not about political party it's not this or that it's it, it, it it's basically good versus evil and that's how i've been looking at it um, it's good versus evil. And, you know, we have to change our mindset. And, and when I say that, I mean, you have to change your mindset into figuring out what is the best route for you? How are you going to live uh, moving forward, knowing that, you know, there are these things that they are, they are planning? Um, you know, there's all these different narratives out there. And um, I, I want to believe, I mean, I do want to believe that we, I mean, because you know me, Dustin, I'm sort of like Pollyanna in the group of, <laughs> I still want to believe that like, like we can make a difference on a local level. I mean, um, there's been a few major things that happen in this area 
where I'm at. I'm in Grays Harbor County in Washington State. Um, and uh, but, you know, ultimately, I think that we just have to decide where we where we want our mindset to be, how we want to move forward from this point on and um, be aware of the things that they're doing in order to um, make these things our norm. And that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about, because, you know, this is not a normal thing. We're supposed to be, uh, you know, human beings with individual rights, individuality. There, it, this whole hive mind thing, which was another thing that they were talking about um, with this whole cloud and, and all of this mm. with the, the Starlink and that whole thing. You know, I know there's a whole section of people that are for the Starlink. They think it's great. I mean, I've been saying, and I say this to my friends a lot, you know, Starlink, I, you know, it could be used for good and it could be used for bad. The same thing with everything else. But I just no. don't think, I think it's meant to, I mean, they, they've already said, I, you know, Elon Musk, like I said before, you know, he was on Joe Rogan. And I mean, what do you think, how, how do you think they're going to hook everybody up? They're going to do use the Starlink to do that. Elon Musk. He is funded by government contracts. So it's the government yeah. that's doing that. So, you know, no and Peter and Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel owns yeah. Peter Thiel was the first big wig in uh, SpaceX. Starlink is owned by SpaceX and Elon Musk does all the contracts for the government. I mean, Elon Musk is a government frontman. The second off, you know, you say technology can be used for good or bad. No, it can't. Technology can only be used for bad. There's nothing good about technology. You can never take any technology you start with to this logical conclusion and never come up with something good. You just can't do it. It's impossible. Technology always progresses to bad. Like, name one technology that actually has created good. I can't. I've thought about it. Can you name one or well, on its natural path where it's going that it is actually good for humanity well, or freedom? I I do think originally the telephone was good because we no, were able no, 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 no. I said take it to its logical conclusion. The telephone was not good because look where it ended up. See? Well, the cell phone situation. No, because I think they would have... If no, we because this, done that, if we would no, have just stayed with the landlines and not that, and not progress from that, that can't happen. That's what I'm saying. Technology will never; it doesn't stop. Technology never ends. It's only it's only overlapped by a, another innovation that drives it forward to the next place, and it always will drive to the place of replacing humanity. Any technology you pick, you can do this exercise with, and yeah. it, like you just said, the phone. The phone got us to where we are today. The phone led to the cell phone, the internet, smartphone. The typewriter. The typewriter ended up progressing into computers, ended up progressing into the iPhone. You can't, you can't take any technology that has not gotten us into trouble. The other thing is where you talk about local communities. Here's the issue with the local communities in the current form we live in. Under, you got, you got to try to compare this back to where people were like 300 years ago. There are there is no sovereignty amongst local communities today. Why? Because communities today have to operate 
on the technologies that come from the larger centralized structure. So your community today operates on public utilities, on the electric, on the water, on the sewer, on the internet. All of that is what actually creates your local community now. So your local community is not sovereign at all. It doesn't matter what choices and laws you make inside the community. It's never going to be free for the system because it relies 100% on the system to actually exist in its current form. So like that... Don't you think it's possible, though, that we could break away and have a community that could be independent from that system? I mean, you you talk about, remember, Nikola Tesla, you know, and all of his innovations with uh, energy and that kind of a thing. I think we could uh, break away and have that if, if we wanted to. Oh, no, I think. See, that's that's what I think the short term solution is is that people can, whether it's just you or you and your family or you and your family and friends or you and a group of people you met online or you and your neighbors, find a piece of land somewhere, right, in the middle of, I just say, like West Virginia, places yeah. where you can find cheaper land. Then it all depends on, obviously, the geography and temperature right. and things like that. And you will be able to exit the system as much as you so choose, uh, short of you being governed by that local county, uh, governed by the state, governed by the federal government. That's going to be anywhere in the world, though, because you're always yeah. going to have to uh, be under the reign of some government. There's, You're not going to, like, push off governments. And right. so if you're able to to do that, you're starting at almost zero, right? There's, there's actually areas, like I'm looking at in West Virginia, they're called unrestricted counties. So there's mm-hmm. only, like, a couple hundred people that live in them. Uh, they don't really have a government. You don't pay property tax and you could build whatever you want on your land because they're unrestricted. Now, you do have access sometimes to electricity, uh, you know, these things that you may want. Um, but, yeah, I'm just saying, like, your town now, if you live in a town, like, you can't free your town because the majority of towns now are all being hooked up on the smart poles. They Towns right. and cities at this point, including suburbs and even some rural areas now, they're free-range prisons. That's what it is. Like, think of yourself as a free-range chicken. Uh, the coop, the prison cell is your house. That was proven during COVID land, the high school theater production, when they locked everyone up. When you walk out on the streets or you go driving around and there's smart poles and face scanners and carbon meters, you're just on the prison grounds. That's all it is. So that's the system, right. and the smart poles are going up everywhere. That's not a conspiracy theory. I covered that yesterday. Yeah. I got a series I'm working on on that. Um So that's what I'm saying is like, you have to, I I do this exercise with people. Like people talk about freedom and liberty. Yeah. You hear people on the left do this too. And then people on the right, I want freedom. I want liberty. And you're really like cheering on some sort of like nostalgic fictional fantasy that you've heard that connects back to the founding fathers or something. But when you really stop to think about it, you don't actually know what it means. So I do this exercise. Like this would be actually raw true freedom, right? So if you close your eyes and you envision yourself in a cabin in the middle of the woods, and this cabin has no electricity, no internet, and actually has no running water, uh, unless you have a well, it's not hooked up to the city, and then some maybe a septic tank, but even that you'd have to get somebody to empty it. So maybe you have to crap in a hole in the ground, right? And all around you, there's no neighbors for miles, right? Right. Everything that you eat, you have to either grow or you have to hunt. 
and you have very limited tools and definitely no power tools and nothing that runs on gasoline. Now, that's actually technically true freedom because you're completely disconnected from everything else. Now, the question is, I say to people, all right, now, do you actually want that? And the answer is usually no, I don't want that if people are being honest. I want a version of that. I want a version of that. Right. So then I say, so here, here's the exercise. You have where you are today, the world you live in today, which is only going to be a thousand times worse 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Like the, the, the technology will only get worse. It's only going to get more prison planet style. Like it's so take where you are today, then take that vision that you came up with in your head and figure out where in between you want to fit in. Cause that would be, that's one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix. Right. So then figure out along that timeline, like where your point is, and then start to figure out if you say, well, I might want a wood burning stove uh, mm-hmm. to heat the house, but I would like to have electricity and I'll use it. But if it goes out or they shut down the grid, I can run my house on the wood burning stove right. and I live on a piece of land with forest all around me. So I'm never going to run out of wood. Right. Uh, I would like to have central air conditioning for when it gets really hot because maybe my homestead is in Florida, but I'm going to build my house so that it's got a cross breeze and it's engineered correctly like they do in Poland and other right. places. So if the electricity goes out, I can survive and then start to figure out what that actually looks like. And then that's what you're going to go try to build for yourself. That's like your happy place. And I think we have a little more time than some of us would think. I think we have at least until like 2030, because yeah. I don't think that their systems are as uh, connected as they want them to be. Remember, the worker bees are us. So they're relying on us to build these systems from them. Like if you work at Comcast as an installer, you're helping put up the 5G technology. Like you're going to work every day and do it. Well, there's one mistake I think that they made. I think they jabbed everyone a lot sooner than they were supposed to. Because if you go out in the public, you've seen it, Chrissy. There's a lot of people walking around that seem like they have chemo brain. Like people seem dumber, right? And people are dying. So if they injected these people too soon and now they're relying on them to go to work to continue building the technocratic system, but everyone is dropping dead or getting sick or have chemo brain, these guys made a major mistake. So I think we have a little more time. And so on my show, a lot of what I'm going to focus on over the next year is I'm trying to bring on guests to, to help people figure out how to make like more money in the system right now, more than just your job. Like, how do you go from making a thousand dollars a week to making three, four, five thousand a week so you can save up this cash that you need in this system to in two or three years be able to then go, I got the money, we're going to West Virginia or we're going to Montana or we're going to Idaho or wherever it may be. Everybody's going to have a different to build that vision. That uh, one foot in, one foot out. Because, like I said, I don't think the majority of people want to live, you know, out in the woods by candlelight. I just don't think right, most people right. can cut it. Nor so again, if you can create a lifestyle for yourself that is twenty percent in the matrix or thirty percent, but you can also survive at least for a little bit of time 
outside of it comfortably because you weren't rushed into it. You actually did the plans and came up with how you're going to put it together. Like if I can help people figure out how to do that, that's great. But if you just say freedom, liberty, freedom, liberty, but you don't know what it means, because guess what? If you're talking about when I was a kid, like I would say now, I just turned 42. When I was a kid. Yeah. Well, when we were, when we were a kid, we didn't really have freedom either. We were under the tech, the, the federal reserve came into place in 1913. Like we didn't have freedom. The central bank owned our country. You were not technically free. They started unleashing all the credit cards in the 1970s and eighties, yeah. getting everyone trapped in debt slavery. So that's why I say you, you have to visualize this space of nothing and then start to build what you want that nothing to actually be. And then start to literally write your goals down and motivate yourself to go out and do it because you're not going to, I don't think you're going to stop. You can't stop what this other system looks like because it's so big. Now I continue to educate myself and others on it because I think it's important to understand this because this is what's going to tell you what's coming in five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So that when you build this new life for yourself, you can try to work around some of these problems that are coming down the path at you and not have to go three years from now. You go, Oh crap. I should have did all my gardening in a greenhouse because these guys are cloud seeding and they're trying to destroy all the plants. Like right. if you know that's coming, you can start to build a solution that's going to take care of that problem. And when it, once it happens, everybody goes, my crops are dying. You go, Hey, I built a 2000 square foot steel warehouse and I grow all my vegetables indoors. So screw them. Let them destroy right. the, right. the rain. You know? And I think that's a good idea. You know, you have to like, you have to start planning ahead and thinking ahead and, and, you know, and I mean, like, this is the other thing I wanted to mention. I mean, you know, we talk about God being part of this whole um, part of our lives. I mean, they've been trying to take God out of our lives for, you know, how long? You know, they don't even want it on the money, uh, which I think is another part of this whole digital system that they're trying to come through the cryptocurrency. And there's a lot of people that are that are, you know, totally fine with, you know, doing the cryptocurrency and everything and i'm of the belief that we need we need real like money I, I i don't agree with this whole digital currency crap i think that it's bad uh then you have one entity controlling all your money you know um the system that they want to do basically it with the cryptocurrencies they don't want to have it's like for instance i'm a very big garage sailing person every summer i do garage sailing it's my fun you know i like to go and I find, you know, antiques and things like that. And, you know, if you have a digital system, you, it's just, it's all going to be, it's just, it's all going to be cataloged and everything like that. I mean, I can't buy, I can't buy a, 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 a what do you call it? A, um, I don't know, a tent. Somebody has a tent at a garage sale. Oh, okay. Well, I have to use my digital currencies for that. I mean, what is this? I mean, it's just, no, it, it is a prison planet. I yeah. And, 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 one, and, the and, thing and, is, and, and, it, and it's not. Yeah. And it's not just uh, that's not just here. You know, first off, all the plans for the central bank digital currency originate from Bank for International Settlements. The Bank for Inter International Settlements was founded in 1930. It is. Yeah. 
the bank for the central banks. And as people know, the central banks, like ours is the Federal Reserve System. It's in right. uh, 100, 190 countries. There's only like nine countries left, but they're the size of a thimble that don't have a central bank, right. but they have like a different version of the central bank. So the whole system is run out of the Bank for International Settlements. And then you have the branch off that was created in 1990, uh, 1944, which is the International Monetary Fund. They're basically the economic terrorists that go in and steal all the resources. And then the World Bank. And so you can go through, I'm talking thousands of pages of white papers. It's not conspiracy theory. Um, as far as I can see, there's not some secret force that's going to stop it. Like These are the most powerful people in the world, the bankers. And th behind the curtain, of the Bank for International Settlements, the owners of the central banks. You can't get behind the curtain of the central banks to see who the owners are. That's where the Iron Curtain is actually drawn. Right. That's where a lot of people believe it's the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or that kind of stuff behind that curtain. Um, but if you watch, I've watched and analyzed many videos, panel discussions coming out of the World Bank, the UN, uh, World Economic Forum, Bank for International Settlements. I'm talking with the high-ranking directors of these organizations. Mm -hmm. The whole point of central bank digital currency is that it is programmable money, all right, meaning they can control where you buy, when you buy, who you buy from. Right. It's expirable money, meaning uh, they could give you, let's say, your universal basic income, which is coming. That's part of all this. Right. Or let's, let's say check. But it's all in a digital. So yeah, you know, yeah, or, or yeah, or your social security check, uh, which they give it to you on the first of the month. You have to use it all by the thirtieth of the month. The whole point of this is you're not allowed to build wealth in the system, so you can't save right. them, you can't transfer them, you can't trade them, you can't gift them to somebody when you die. They're gone. So there's no wealth, and then. It's all based on this whole carbon credit stuff. So they're going to measure carbon and rate how much carbon you pollute. And that's how many tokens tokens you're going to get. <laughs> and what they're doing right now is in 105 countries, at least as of a month ago, they're doing all the running all the CBDC tests. China already has theirs running uh, in different test cases. We did a test here about two months ago out of the Federal Reserve. Uh, Visa and MasterCard are on board. All the major uh, financial companies are on board. Visa and MasterCard have access to like uh, 90 million and 80 million merchants worldwide that they're mm -hmm. going to actually accept it. And then you're going to be able to use the CBDC off your current Visa card or your MasterCard or your Amex card. So it makes it easily adoptable. So people are going to not like if you go to the store and you plug in your debit card and it says, do you right. want to use credit debit or CBDC? That's how actually it's all starting. Yes. And so that's how the system works, but it's all completely 100% about control. They admit it. There's no conspiracy theory. They admit it in their papers. They admit it in their speeches. They admit it in their panel discussions. They're literally telling people what they're going to do, and it's all run uh, by the Bank for International Settlements. Now, uh, obviously, many of us uh, about freedom and liberty have been bitching about the fiat cash currency system yes. for many years coming out of the Federal Reserve in 1913. Right now, the best thing you can do is actually spend that cash uh, and not be running around using your debit card for transactions all day anyway, because you're opening yourself up 
to being hacked. I, I know more and more people every day that are having money stolen from them. Fake wire transfers, their account gets hacked. And this is all, on, it's all orchestrated. This is the collapse of that system to drive people into the solution, which will be central bank digital currency and uh, some form of a, you know, a microchip, like a rice grain sized microchip in your hand. That's already real. It's not a conspiracy theory. There's people actually getting a chip people put into the fatty yeah. part of their hand. And yeah, so for a long time, the yeah, Chinese and, people and, and then other, some of the big, uh, big corporations, they've had their, that's what they their do. employees they're, are getting them. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's nuts. So all this stuff is, is happening. And the solution to it is starting to prepare yourself now to exit the system. Cause you're not going to stop it. But if you start to build out, a community for yourself. Look, I've had people reach out for my show and I'm not huge yet who have said to me, my husband and I want to move. Where are you looking to go in West Virginia? We're interested. Can we all buy in the same area? I've had like about 10 people reach out to me. I have a local organic farmer here that I buy stuff from. She's retiring in a few years. She wants a piece of land out in West Virginia and do the same thing. So that is the beginning of being able to build out a community and um it's just the beginning of exiting the system because you're not going to stop central bank digital currency but you could build a community and start trading on pine cones and seashells or whatever it is that you actually want to uh want to trade in you can start to build a barter network if you're someone who is going to uh you know, be, be growing potatoes and your neighbor is raising cattle, you know, you could create a barter network. The other thing I think it's important, I've been stressing to my audience too, is if you're, uh, you know, as I was most of my life a creative, but if you're like a web developer or a computer programmer, graphic designer, and this is your main source of income, start to use some of your time to learn a skill that I call like an off the grid skill. Like uh, right now, I, I taught myself the last couple of months how to make bread, like really good bread. And as soon as it warms up a little, I'm building an outdoor uh, like oven out of bricks so I can bake bread off a of fire. And so I figure if I can bake really good bread off a of fire, Okay, now I'm allowed to live in the community because I provide a service to you guys. Now, if I right. come into the community and I say, listen, I'm a freaking computer programmer, I expect you guys to shoot me because <laughs> I offer no skills to the community whatsoever. <laughs> no, I mean, so I, I think start to learn a skill right. that you can bring to the table in sort of an off-the-grid type of community because the way I see it is – uh, and I've thought this through, like, realistically, would I want to live this way? Do I think it's a better way of life? I think it, it is almost like how the Amish do it. The Amish in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is a big area, people probably have gone on vacation and seen this at some point in their life. They live pretty much uh, outside of the matrix. And then on the weekends, they go into Philadelphia in an old uh, railroad station called Reading Terminal, and they sell, you know, their bacon, their fudge, yeah. their crafts and everything to all of us idiots who buy it because we think it's funny to look at the, the bearded ladies uh, of the Amish community. And they buy, they, and then they use that cash, which they need to buy tractors and things, equipment that they can't trade for potatoes. So right. they step into the matrix. So that's why I say it's, those are the type of communities that I see popping up. And again, 
there's cycles of civilization. So you'll start it today and 10 years later, it'll probably be worse. And 20 years when it just grows back into what today is. Who cares? You know, that that's up to the people 500 years from now in that community to do what I'm talking about now and start it all over again. Uh, The way that we're raising our our son, we've made a decision like first off, we're homeschooling. So he's not going to any public indoctrination center. We've already started building a community around here of other people that homeschool people we met through. Uh, the midwife service we use because we exited the Rockefeller medical industrial yeah, complex I want, system. I want I want you to tell everybody what happened when you had to go to the hospital when you got when he was born. Oh yeah, well I, I, yeah, I'll tell, tell that. So, but I was to say, so we built this. We're building this community of those type of people around us, and you would be surprised because you're going to find that some of them are people who were, let's say identified as uh, MAGA or their hunter type people. And then you're going to find like old school tree hugging liberal type people that are like old school hippies, like the old school anti-establishment hippies. Like the real civil rights movement people that used to stand up that were like normal. Well, this is the other thing. Well, they were screaming about freedom and liberty, you know, but not from a crazy standpoint. Democrats were. So back in the day, I mean, you know, when you go back towards Kennedy and the, you know, my, my, my mother voted for Kennedy. Yeah. I'm just saying, so go ahead. But no, I was going to say, so the way that, that we're going to raise uh, our son is we're going to teach him uh, everything from, this is all part of ho- real homeschool, because it's about, yeah. you know, teaching your kid how to survive the world and then hopefully be able to thrive in the world. And, and when they turn, uh, you know, when they become an adult, they're going to decide if they want to thrive. Some people don't care about like making a ton of money. They just want right. to live simply. So we're going to teach him everything from hunting and butchering to gardening all the way to the world of technology, making mm-hmm. him understand that this is like a slave system. But when he's 16, 17, 18, if he decides he wants to live in the slave system, that's his choice. But right. I have to prepare him to be able to survive as much as possible in the slave system if he decides to go that way. Uh, and, and if not, and he decides he wants to just live off the land or something, he has the skills to do that. I think that is... Uh, you know, in this world with everything I know and people are waking up, that's the responsible way to um, to raise a kid right now because it's almost impossible to predict what jobs and things are going to be available 10, 12, 15, 16 years from now. You can't really predict what jobs are going to be need, uh, needed 16 years from now or what skill sets. It's in the technological system. Once it hits exponential growth, Everything we know today could be completely different 12 years from now. Right. Like, like all cars could be autonomous. There could be no truck drivers. Imagine millions of truck drivers oh, gone. So you, can, you can't really think about raising your kid to be a specific, you know, job from the time they're little because right. it's not going to be the same. 16 years from now, I guarantee, if the technocratic system survives, if the technological system survives and doesn't crumble on its own weight, there will be no nurses. There will be no doctors. That won't even be a thing. That's all going to be done through AI and robotics. Yeah, it's going to so, be tele- telecom- 
tele tele whatever the tele doctor or whatever. Yeah, well, and the surgeries are already being yeah. done by robots in some places. And yeah. then on top of it, uh, lawyers are going to be gone. Peter Thiel is actively working to replace the whole legal system with artificial intelligence. They yeah. just had a court case the other day with the first artificial intelligence lawyer that oh was uh, Peter God. Thiel's pro that's Peter Thiel's project. So you can't think that that system is going to be there because that's yeah. it's not there's going to be one world that grows which is this technocracy the main system that everybody lives in is plugged into the matrix and there may be small pockets of resistors that have left the system that doesn't mean you have to go in with pitchforks and guns and fight the system because that's going to get you killed you basically yeah. want to keep your head low exit the system live a happy life while you're not trying to really provoke the system to laser zap you because yeah. that system is so powerful it's backed by trillions of dollars of fake money it's backed by technology every government's involved with it all the politicians are part of it um so i think the, the key thing is exiting the system. Like you just asked me about uh, what my wife and I did. Yeah. We decided we did not want to be part of the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex. And when I say that, the current medical system we're under now, people could go back to uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, look at the Flexner Report. You'll see when the Rockefellers literally took over the medical system. We moved really from a holistic, natural approach to medicine where we focused right. on treating root causes instead of symptoms right. into the system we have today, which just treats symptoms. So when you go to the doctor and you have a cough, they plug that into their app and their app comes up and gives them like four different things it could be and then they tell you what drugs to go take. Right. That's it. That's I mean, that's the system that we live in uh, today. They don't treat the root cause. And the why, why in this system is because the root cause, they would have to tell you, well, the 5G towers are radiating you. Oh, all the years right. of living in uh, under these radio waves, you've basically been microwaved. Uh, oh, the water right. you're drinking from the plastic bottles that are petroleum-based is poisoning oh, yeah. you. Oh, the GMO food that you've been eating? Yeah, it's eating yeah. away your liver. So the doctors aren't trained to tell you that nor look for it. They're not going to tell you that. They're just going to look on their app right. and they're going to go, oh, you have a cough. Oh, you have white spots, <laughs> strep throat. Okay, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the drug that you're going to take. It's so insane. So what we yeah. So what we did is we uh, we found a we looked at several of the midwiferies. Basically, they'll manage your uh, home birth. And so what happened? Uh, you always have a backup plan, and you're prepared for this. You work with the midwives, and then your doula, and you're prepared if you have to go into the hospital and how to actually fight the system. Uh, and escape the system once you have to go in there. So my wife labored at home for 48 hours. And we've even learned some more stuff since this happened 10 weeks ago. We would have even done it different now than we did then. Uh. But uh, she had an infection come on. The midwife made the call to transfer to the hospital. So we ended up having to go into the hospital, and I was prepared to deal with it. Yeah. So we went in there, and first, it's it's COVID land, the high school theater production all over again. you got to wear right. masks. Uh, then they come in the room, and they say, we're going to give you a COVID test. I said, uh, no, you're not. Take the Q-tip and shove it up your rear. And I so, not uh, believe they were going to do that. What yeah, so the purpose of that? Just to, uh, it's protocol. <laughs> It's protocol. Oh, 
You have to get a COVID test. So then they come in and they go, listen, if you're not going to get a COVID test, then we have to wear PPE, you know, personal protective equipment. I said, good. Well, wear the PPE. I don't give a crap. So then they, they come in. So the PPE, I'm not kidding you. It's uh, two paper masks. I mean, these were the, you know, the paper ones that are like the size of like a playing card. Uh, it's like the size of a playing card made out of um, like tissue paper that you put in a gift bag for someone. Oh my god! With like the stretched out uh, yeah. rubber bands. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's what the mask is, and you can see the people's mouth hanging out the side. <laughs> and so, when I would, oh yeah, it's so weird too because you see the lips. But you can't see any. But you, yeah, it, and it's it like folded by like an. It's folded yeah. like an accordion. Yeah, and it's so freaky. I was like, oh my god! I'm like, all I could do was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I had that when I went to the yeah. ear. I went to the ear doctor, and I was the only other patient in the entire building. I was Ugh. laughing. This woman comes in, and she's wearing this thing. I almost started laughing because I was just like, oh my god, it's creepy looking. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So no, they made it. So they have to wear two of those, and then they have a plastic, like you know, a lobster bib. Yes. Like yeah, it looks like a plastic lobster bib that goes down to their thigh. It's just a front piece of plastic, like a like a like a tank top that goes. So I started laughing. I said, "That's your personal protective equipment." And uh, she goes, well, I said, listen, that's like wrapping your arms in tinfoil and telling me it's going to save you when you jump into a burning house. <laughs> what did she say? They must have been like, oh, my God. What did they yeah. say? Oh, they, they were. I had them laughing. Some were mad. Like the doctor. I did not like the doctor they sent in to deal with us. So this guy, you know, he's bitching about the COVID thing. And I said to him, uh, I said, listen. Uh, let me ask you guys a question. I said, "How are you guys? I want to show of hands who's vaccinated because whoever's vaccinated, I want you wearing a hazmat suit before you come in here because I don't want you getting my wife and I sick. And so, like, it was nuts. So I had to deal with this whole string of, like, issues that came up and managing them wanting to give my wife antibiotics and managing you have to keep an eye on every bag they're hanging on the eye that they're going to yeah. try to stick into your body and then right now it's crazy the the nurse walks around with a scanner gun like she's at costco like bleep, 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 bleep. she scans scans everything for the billing like so they have a bag of something bleep, 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 bleep. And, uh, and like it's it actually makes the beep like you're at the grocery store it's crazy so anyway like so at the end of this whole scary situation uh she gives birth everything's fine I, I got it where they didn't, because you have to, one of the big things you have to worry about when they claim there's an infection is yeah. that when your kid's born, they want to take it away and lock it in like a room and load it up with antibiotics for 48 hours and you don't get to touch it or see it. And if you're on right. COVID quarantine, which we were, you're not allowed to see it for seven days. What? So, so I have to oh start fighting God. that system. And luckily our doula, who's like, uh, really versed in the system. She was like, yeah. my, what we hired her, she works with your wife and she's like supplemental to the midwife. Yeah. And one of our midwives were there. So I had them and they're familiar with the hospital. So I told them like, I'm going to be the dick and you guys be the reason one. Let's play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. So yeah. I finally got commitment from the, it's called the NICU team. They're the ones who they're like the pediatrician that manages the child yeah. when they come out. 
I got them to clear them. So within like an hour, they moved us to the recovery room. And my wife's like, let's get the hell out of here. So then I'm like, hey, we want to leave. Do we need to sign any insurance forms or anything? Oh, you can't leave. It's against the doctor's orders. I said, well, give me a reason. Like, is my wife have blood clotting and she's going to die? Well, no, it's precautionary. Okay, does my son have heart murmurs? No. All right, we're leaving. We live seven minutes from here. So finally got the hell out of there. But you have to be careful because they'll threaten CPS on you, Child Protective yeah, Services. But I, but I knew all this. Then they play this other game where they say, you know, if you leave against the doctor's orders, your insurance company might not cover the bill. I yeah. start laughing. I said, yeah, okay. I learned about that in the birth class we took. That's been a lie for 35 years you guys made up. I said, actually, it's so dishonest. That that would be like this, Chrissy. Let's say you found out that you had, uh, I don't know, God forbid, you had, you had cancer or something, right? Yeah. And the doctor wants you to do chemo. So you do like 10 chemo treatments and then they're done. And then they come back after the next set of scans and they say, the doctor decided he wants to do radiation and surgery. And you say, listen, I'm just going to die. I don't want to get the radiation and surgery. And then they go, well, your insurance company isn't going to cover the chemo treatments. Like, like it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, folks. So never, never let these liars and these scammers you know, push you around inside of the system. This is why we wanted nothing to do with the system. And actually, if we did it again, we probably would have just rolled the dice on the infection. And yeah. just, uh, my wife said next time she goes, I don't, she said, if we have another one, she's like, I don't even think we're going to use the midwife. We're just going to rent a cabin and go out in the woods and have the baby there by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's it, it's crazy. Well, you know, um, my mother, um, the week before Christmas, she called me at like four a.m., which is weird. And you know, I live three hours from her. Okay, my brother lives ten minutes from her, but she calls me at four a.m. and I just happen to be up because I couldn't sleep. One of my usual, you know, I was having insomnia. <laughs> anyway, and she's like, I've got this pain, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you need to go to the, e- you need to go to the ER. You need to call an ambulance. And then she's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. I said, well, you have to. And then I let her, I'm like, well, let me know what you do. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, you have to go. You can't just sit there and wait. So she called, she called an ambulance. The ambulance comes to get her. And uh, they take her into the ER and, you know, she had the CT scan and basically she was, uh, she got the jab. Okay. She got the first jab. She has not had a, uh, anything other than that. She got the first jab. And what they said was that there was some, there was something blocking her, um, her, the blood from getting to the bowels. Okay. That's why she was having all this pain. So they went in immediately, did it, did a surgery. Okay. They found this like, weird uh soft tissue had adhered to part of her intestine which is what was blocking the aortic valve right from from giving blood to the to her bowels so anyway so they went in they removed it and everything like that well you know she had the jab so i'm sure that it's probably part of you know whatever the hell is developing in her body so anyway, but the crazy thing was that, you know, of course, I'm three hours away. I didn't I didn't drive up that day. I drove up the day the next day and my brother goes there and they immediately put my mother on uh, the covid. The covid floor of this <sighs> hospital. And I'm like, why is she on that floor? 
oh, well, you know, we just want to, we just want to, it's just for, you know, um, to make sure that she, that, that she's okay, that she has, um, you know, that she's, it's just more, what did they say? They said it was more sanitary to have her on the COVID floor. I mean, let's, let's be honest. They get more money if she's on the COVID floor. That's what it, that's what it is. So, so then I said to my brother, I said, well, did you see her? Well, no, they wouldn't let me in. I said, what do you mean they wouldn't let you in? I said, you're allowed to have, I went on the website on that particular hospital. You can have two patient supporters. I said, so you need to go. And well, he didn't want to stand up. He didn't want to be an advocate for her. And so she was been there by herself. I, who knows what the hell was going on? And so I drove up the next mor- the next day. And of course, they released her. My brother went and picked her up. But, you know, this is the problem is that people, they don't understand. You have to be an advocate for yourself. And you yeah. have to be an advocate for who are just stupid enough. My brother is one of these people that will not stand up. I mean, that's, that's, that's all it was. And they think that I'm crazy or that I'm trying to start something. That isn't that isn't the case i just feel like you know listen you have to be an advocate and you have to stand up and you have to say no it says on your website that you can have i could be there why are you putting her you know you ask questions it's okay to question everybody just thinks this is the system and that's the other thing that really just irritates everybody's just willing to sort of like roll over and just accept these things whatever it is that they that they roll out whatever it is i don't care if it's if it's you know uh technology or you have to do this you have to do that i mean it's ridiculous why does why don't people why are they afraid to stand up and just question it's because these people they they beat us down i mean obviously you know look at how how bad it was for us i mean we well we've been censored off of twitter a long time ago <laughs> justin and i yeah. i mean we've lost three i mean i've lost four accounts now um, but, you know, it's, it's insanity. So, I mean, bottom line is you have to be, when, when your health is concerned and if you're going in to any kind of system, you have to just, you have to ask questions and you have to, like, be an advocate for yourself. Yeah, it's like anything else. And in, in the world we're living in today, you have to be an advocate for yourself in everything. Like that, that's the sad part, but you have to be your own lawyer. Now you have to be your own doctor. You have to be your own everything because right now, I mean, it was pretty bad before COVID land, the high school theater production kicked off, but now in almost any interaction I have to make inside of what I call the system, when I have to go into the matrix, you're dealing with people that are either one incompetent, two corrupt, three stupid four lazy or five they're just robots they're order takers and that's generally what you're working with now talk about the hospital system and i did a whole podcast on that like three and a half hours of our experience people want to listen to that but i just had to two weeks ago i was trying to sort out the bills now I am someone, I'll be honest with your audience, I haven't entered the matrix system in, let's see, since I was 18, so 24 years. I went to the hospital one time in 24 years, and that's because I was jumped in Las Vegas uh, by a pack of wild Mexicans, and uh, I I got knocked out and ended up having to go to the hospital. I've only been to two walk-in clinics in 24 years. One time I had a tooth infection from a tooth that cracked at a restaurant. I held it off for a couple of years. 
And then I forgot what the th I was feeling so sick. I just went like it was yeah. last resort. Also, I haven't carried insurance for 24 years. I right. lied on my taxes under Obama. I'll just admit that now. I checked the box that I had Obamacare. Did not have it. No one was going to force me to buy anything I didn't want to buy. You know what that is? Not complying with tyranny, folks. I will not comply with tyranny. If I don't like the way the system operates, I'm not going to comply with it. This is the way right. it works. So... For me, it was all new experience. Now, luckily, my wife has insurance through her employer that she's been with for 10 years, and it's really good. Because otherwise, for the 12 hours we were at the hospital, our bill was $32,000. Wow. Now, once it was uh, with the deductibles, I think it turned out to be $2,800. Well, what happened was we get the bills in the mail. And when you go to the hospital, I mean, you probably know this, Chrissy, yeah. instead of just getting one bill, I mean, this is what people, now no. I know what people have been complaining all these years. You get a bill from the hospital, then you get a bill from like JoJo's janitor service, then you get one for like the lady, the lady who cleaned the sheets, yep. uh, then you get one from this doctor, that doctor, yep. you get one. So we get all these and then on their insurance portal, that was well organized. You could see what the bill was, but yeah. you don't have an itemized breakdown. And then right. it says what you owe. So I am trying to call the hospital, trying to figure this out. Of course, you call the hospital. I recorded this. It says, thank you for calling Frederick Health Hospital due to COVID-19. This is yeah. two weeks ago. Due, due to COVID-19, we're experiencing a shortage of staff. And I'm like, I'm calling the billing department. This is who you pay. Don't you want my money? So. Right. I'm trying to match up the paper bills with what's in the insurance portal because I want to make sure we have everything before yeah. I negotiate a payment plan because by law, they have to extend you an interest-free yeah. payment plan. So my feeling is the $2,800 is better in my pocket right now yeah. than in their pocket. So if I could pay them 100 bucks a month for the next two years, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I can't get anyone on the phone. I'm leaving messages. Finally, I go down to the hospital. I get there. And I'm asking the security guards who clearly had chemo brain. I'm like, where's the billing department? Billing department? What's the billing department? Uh, accounts receivable. Accounts receivable? And, and then finally, they're like, oh, you mean the cashier? I'm like, no, the cashier is like the lady who works in the cafeteria that sells coffee. Like, where's the billing? Like, oh, no, it's called the cashier. So then I go to this thing, and they have a window. It's, it's, it looks like a toll booth, yeah. and it literally has a sign above it that says cashier. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's one chair with one plexiglass window. This is who oh, does all the hilarious. billing for the hospital. The lady, I took a picture of it. I think I put it on Twitter. She was asleep at her desk, <laughs> hunched over and asleep. So I'm careful about waking her up because oh I know she's the only one who's going to be able to answer my questions. <laughs> so I end up waking her up. And the next thing I'm thinking, I'm talking to like the cleaning lady that just came here from uh, Peru. She's never spoke English in her life. I could barely understand her. So she's telling me she can't figure out this and the bills aren't in the system. And, and, and anyway, I end up leaving there more confused than I was when I got there. Luckily, I finally get through to the insurance company, and they were able to help me. Two of the bills still don't match up, and the hospital claims they can't find them in their system. I mean, this is the problem. Like I said, we're dealing with a society, and this was pre-COVID land, but where we celebrate uh, mediocrity and we celebrate, um, you know, mental 
uh, retardation. I mean, it's, I don't like, you know, you know, I'm not making fun of people who are mentally handicapped, but everyone now is mentally handicapped. So you're dealing with incompetent, corrupt, stupid, lazy robots. And yeah. so you, you have to literally be an advocate in everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad that it's that way, but you can't even trust like the doctor you're dealing with, with your mom or the doctor we deal yeah. with. They might not be evil, but guess what? They grew up in going through college under the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex handbook. The vast majority of doctors are going to follow the handbook. You know, it's maybe 2% of them go, hey, something doesn't make sense, and they do their own research, and then they become the ones who speak out and then get lose their license and get thrown off of all the social media. Um, but the vast majority just go along with what they learned. I mean, look, if you're a mechanic and you went to a tech school and you learned how to take an engine apart, and until Mr. Miyagi comes along and he shows you a better way to take the engine apart, right. why would you ever go try to explore another way to do it? You just paid money to go to college to learn how to take an engine right. apart. That's the way you're going to do it. So unfortunately, this is the system we're in. So if you want to navigate it, every time you step into the matrix, whether to go to the grocery store or whether you got to go to a bank, you have to be like on a high alert. That's how I see it now. I hate doing it. I mean, I, it's like stepping into the matrix. I'm like, shit, got to plug into the back of my head and like yeah. walk into the grocery store and, you know, go, go amongst all the weirdos. I mean, that's just how it is at this point. It's horrible. And it's just like, you know, it was sort of like you have to get your mindset. Like when I used to, when I, I was a defense investigator for 17 years, whatever, criminal defense. And, you know, I'd have a, like a victim interview at the prosecutor's office and you have to get your mind. You have to like gear up because it's a game to them. They they think that it's their witness. Right. But it's not. It's not their witness. It's we have every we have every right to have access and to question their witnesses as, as you know, they have to, to talk to ours. So anyway, so, uh, you know, but it was just like a game. You have to prepare in your mind that you're going in and how you it's just you have to have that wall up. And that sucks because you have to have a wall up and you have to just, you know, do what you got to do and then get out. And it, it's just it's really sad that this is where we're at in this country. I, I you know, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, you mentioned how, you know, somebody could be a cyborg or whatever. You're either autumn. You're, it's either like a cyborg and whatever there's all these clones that are running around apparently there's all these, i don't know I what they are i don't know what they are i mean there's the they they there's also this other they call them like what is it non-person whatever oh, non-player non -player character <laughs> yeah and i'm just like well yeah i mean if you don't have a soul then you're not a real person or you're not a real entity you're just you're you're created created mechanical or whatever and uh, so that's going on. That's crazy cloning. And um, and I wanted to touch upon before you go. Hold on a minute. Um, yeah. And I wanted to talk about and we're going to kind of change a little bit. I just wanted to talk about the Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of that going around um, where people are saying that the Antichrist is going to rise in 2030. Um, you know, I listened to Bo Pony. He's he's. He says he's he says he he's an analyst of time and and he looks at what's going on uh, in the in the world and puts it in with the Bible, right? 
and what mm. Revelation says and this and that. And, and I will say, I do think that the Antichrist is going to rise, but I keep hoping that whatever those of us that are doing what we're doing uh, to change things, I just kind of hope that we push that off. I mean, this this earth has been here for billions and billions of years. They keep saying that, that we're in the end days and this is the end this and this. I honestly don't think we are because there's a lot more stuff that needs to happen. You know, they talk about the seven seals, right? They need to break. You, as I understand it, supposedly three have broken out of the seven. But there are major things that need to happen before we even get to that point where, you know, there's people that are talking about, you know, um, the tribulation and all of that. Uh, and that basically, I mean, the narrative out there for the Christians, I'm going to say, is that, yeah, we in 2030, the Antichrist is going to rise. And then we're going to have seven years of tribulation under him. And then, you know, Jesus comes back. I mean, what are your thoughts on all of that? Because I know you've been doing some stuff on Antichrist and uh, what's going on with that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, um, I grew up a Protestant in a congregational church and then didn't really go to church from about age uh, 16, 17. Uh, over the years, I've gone in and out of church for funerals and some, you know, Christmas Eve type ceremonies. And so it wasn't until um, we knew our son was being born that we decided we want to get back involved with uh, yeah, Christianity. My wife grew up Catholic in Poland. She didn't want to go the route of Catholicism. Um, so we started, uh, we went to an uh, independent Christian church on uh, Christmas Eve, and then we went to a home church, actually a home fellowship on Christmas Day. A friend of ours, we met through the midwifery service. She had three children with the midwife that we used, uh, invited us. It was pretty cool because we ended mm -hmm. up finding out that this home fellowship started years ago. It started off with homeschool families. And so I started talking to our mutual friend, Dan Golvach, uh, who's been studying oh, yeah. theology for 40 years. So I had him on the show. We talked a little bit about this. And then it got into the discussion of the Antichrist and the beast system. And I was just walking Dan through questions like, what kind of a man could actually connect with the whole world in the time that we live in with hundreds of languages? How could this actually occur? So we start down the path of discussing artificial intelligence. And I've been telling Dan what I know about artificial intelligence and then the ability to basically have these AI robots that can literally be personalized to each of us, like a projection, essentially. So could yeah. the Antichrist come in that form? And it looks like a Ugandan with a plate lip when it's talking to a Ugandan with a plate lip, uh, or it looks like me when it's talking to me, uh, or it comes to me in the form of a beautiful woman. To you, it comes to you in the form of Fabio. So it was a really good conversation. Then uh, a few guests reached out from my audience, one of which was a guy named Mark. Uh, he's a truck driver. His wife, was a uh, she's a retired graphic designer. He's been <laughs> studying theology in Christianity for 40 years. So he came on and filled in a lot of gaps uh, that, that Dan wasn't able to, uh, to answer. And then I've got another pastor who's going to be coming on. And then the pastor from this home fellowship is going to come on. And there, there's, you know, as far as like reading the Bible and, and the scripture, yeah. 
there's different interpretations. Some people read it more literally. Some read it sort of in order. Uh, at the end of the day, I think these everyone who's followers of Christ in this circle, yeah. they just kind of come from different teachings. Makes it kind of confusing for someone like me who always likes to know, well, what's the freaking answer? And so <laughs> know, in this right? case, you'll never really... Uh, you know, right. you, you'll never really know because some people think more about the uh, Temple Mount in Israel yeah. and the Third Temple's got to be built. And some people see it like this. Well, the pastor whose house we went to now, we went to a couple of services. This is a small group of like 25 people. It's more like mm -hmm. a sort of a Bible study. So I was asking him uh, and he doesn't know about all. He knew a little bit about central bank digital currency in these things but he doesn't like study this stuff like crazy yeah. so i asked him about this and end times and stuff and the rapture and his opinion and what's their take on it because they're like non-denominational uh christian so he said to me listen i do believe all that stuff is actually real and will happen but i don't think anyone could predict when uh i think it's actually wrong to try to make the predictions and he said this is what i will tell you uh the way it works in the time of, say, the Bible versus, like, the timeline, this kind of realm we live in, it could be a million years away. So live your life, work on exiting the system, encourage others to leave the system, point out evil when you see it. Uh, if you're going to go out and preach the word of, of Christ, do that. If you're not comfortable doing that, at least point out evil. Try to help others escape the system. And he goes, because you might not be raptured. That might be coming in a million years. Right. And he said, and you can't stop fighting back. You can't stop uh, living your life. You can't sit there and say, well, it's all coming to an end. God's going to save me. Because right. he said, that's not the answer either. You can't wait for God to come and save you from this. It's your job to try to fight back against evil. So right. uh, I've been taking his advice. And the more, uh, like I have, I think, three or four more pastors with just different, it's not different takes on it. They just interpret some of the, the scripture differently or the mm -hmm. timeline. I, I find it to be fascinating to listen to them all. And I think if they were all sitting in a room, they'd all be very respectful to each other. I think people just sort of interpret it differently. It depends on who taught them. Because they're all reading, all of them are reading out of the uh, King James, what, 1610 Bible, yeah. I think. And yeah. then uh, a lot of them use, like, the New American just because it, it has some of the interpretations from, like, Old English into, right. like, new, uh, Modern English. So they're all reading from the same thing. It's just sort of different takes on it. But I, I find it to be fascinating as well um, because I do believe that there is a dark, like spiritual underbelly beneath yeah. the, the real rulers of the system. Now, at this point, I don't necessarily believe, uh, as evidenced by the amount of work that they have to put forward into these thousands of pages of documents coming out of Bank for International Settlements and World yeah. Economic Forum, I don't believe we're fighting anything supernatural at this point, because if they were, like, crazy lizard people or aliens or whatever, they would just snap their fingers. They would just kill all of us and build whatever the hell they want to build. What are they waiting for? They wouldn't be like employing uh, humans to write thousands of pages of documents to develop a CBDC currency that they've been trying to drive us into for 50 years. Like they wouldn't have to go through all that. So that is one of the major 
pluses after doing 150 episodes that I find myself able to say, look, I think we're still fighting humans. I think we're fighting flesh and blood. This is why they are so nervous about pushing too hard, too fast, because if they do, they do always run the risk of us rising up. We don't even have to be organized and go into the mayor's house and go into the local banker's house and ripping them out of their house and lighting them on fire in their front yard. Like that kind of stuff. I do think they still fear. And if they fear that, then that tells me that uh, they are still flesh and blood, which is a plus for us. The other thing I've always brought up is that technocracy and the technological system is a giant paper tiger. That's the silver lining. It operates on technology. If someone could walk over and pull the power cord on all the technology, (laughs) their their internet goes down and it's all done. Their laboratories go down. Their Frankenstein technology goes down. Everything goes down. So that's a plus too. So this is why I say I think time is sort of on our side as far as being able to build your exit strategy and not think you have to do it by next week. Because if tomorrow CBDC magically shows up and they're shooting lasers out of smart poles and killing us in the streets, there's nothing you're going to do about that. You can't control that tomorrow. But if you start, you know, if you sit down and you write out just like you would do with a business or with life goals and you write down your 10-year plan, I say make it seven years because 2030 is is safer to aim for, and start working towards that, there's a pretty good chance that I think you're going to be able to exit and be able to live a decent life separate from this system for quite some time. Again, if if they're going to come roll in there with army tanks or they're going to shoot you out of the sky or they're going to poison all your stuff with with chemtrails not a whole lot you can do about that right now you know yeah i agree i mean i think i think too i think we just individually you have to do what's good for you and what you what you feel is right i mean everybody's different right and i'm of the i'm of the belief that i still you know me i mean i'm pollyanna i still trying to believe that you know we can maybe make some changes on on small community county level but we'll see i don't know i'm still in that a little bit i i've been trying to get this is the crazy thing about that so i'll just briefly say you know i mean i've been with the gop over here uh in my county for about two years now three years two and a half years whatever and and i mean like they're i keep saying i'm done i'm done because you have to at some point you I just go this this is this isn't gonna work this isn't gonna work but then something happens and i get, get pulled back in on it so i just feel like i think we do have to work on on our communities um on a community level uh I don't. yeah but i also well, think- no, no, no. Well, well that's what we do like i said my community level is we've built good relationships with some of the local like organic farmers, the true yeah. organic farmers, like this one woman, I could literally like I, at this point, like I, like if we had to move in her, uh, in her barn, she'd probably let us. Yeah. Um, she just said the other day, why don't we both look for land in the same area in West Virginia? Uh, I'll be your neighbor and I'll tutor you and train you how to build an organic farm. So those kind of people, you know, our doula has introduced us 
to other people that homeschool, uh, kid, you know, have kids that are not vaccinated. We've made some friends out of the midwife, so a midwife thing. So that's we're building our own community around us. Uh, right. As far as like, pol- I'm not getting involved with politics here. Don't care about it. All the uh, development that's going on in what was once a beautiful like rural town, a farm yeah. town here, which we're not staying in. We'll be leaving here in the next year yeah. or two, but. Uh, All those decisions are made. All that comes out of UN sustainability. That was done years ago. The deal's done. Nobody's going to stop the 300 condo units they're building everywhere around the place. So, yeah, they're doing that. So so it's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get involved with politics. I'm going to fight and complain about this. It's still going to happen. And then what? I'm going to go to war with it. I'm going to buy a tank and start like running people's houses (laughs) over. It's just like, it's not, it's not, it's not realistic. So I'd rather not waste my time that could be used on more valuable, um, you know, working on goals in a more valuable way uh, than banging my head against the wall, worried about what the governor of this state's going to do. The governor of the state's going to do whatever the hell he wants. It doesn't matter if you organize a five people or a million people, and you're not going to organize a million people. It's impossible because the only way to organize that many people now is on the internet. And if you're a real threat to the system, they just make you disappear off the internet. They don't even have to kill you anymore. Like if they, if they turned off, just think about this where you live, if they turned off all your social media, your YouTube account, your stream yard that you're streaming on, if they turn off your internet, if they turn off your phone, you and they turn off your bank account, that's you it. no longer exist, Chrissy. Like you're yeah. stuck in your house, and the next thing you know, you can't pay your rent because your bank account's turned off. I'm You'll be living in a box in a couple of weeks when your uh, landlord yeah. throws you out, and you can't even get in your car and drive anywhere because you can't fill it up with gas. Right. Well, guess what? That's the central bank digital currency system combined with Social Score. So the thing right. is, it's they can just turn you off and you don't exist. They don't even have to kill you anymore. They just go, you don't exist. Like you could take a celebrity. If that celebrity is banned from making movies, making shows and getting on TV, that celebrity no longer exists to anyone. He, He like, unless you see him wandering down the street, talking to himself on Hollywood Boulevard, the guy doesn't exist anymore. So, so that's why at this point I'm like, would I rather try to, fight some little local political thing. And I, and I did all that stuff in my 20s when I didn't know any better. Or would I rather be sitting here, do like I'm doing my show, obviously, to wake up others at the same time. It's basically home school curriculum I'm building for my son and making some money off it. Because uh, if I build it up, you know, the way there, there's only certain ways to make money in the podcasting right. space. But if I build it up, I can bring in more money every month than I could selling my time. So I have that. And I'm doing some um, um, consulting, like creative work now, because it's always mm-hmm. been my thing. And I'm just doing some of that. And then I've got this other little cash-based business I'm starting. And I just need to save for another year or two combined with, you know, my wife and boom. Yeah. We can get 10 acres in West Virginia and get the hell out of the system. And then when we were over in Poland in July, we were able to secure 10 acres out in this rural area there. So the goal is to have two base camps set up, one in Poland, one in West Virginia. Now, at some point, I believe they're not going to have international travel anymore. I think that 
seven years, ten years, that's going to be gone. Um, They're going to tell you it's back to sovereign nation states, but that's a complete and total lie. They're actually just locking you down into like a quadrant within the technocracy because it'll go from the country locked down to the state, locked down to your little prison planet, 15-minute city, smart city that you live inside of. So that's that's coming, but uh, that's why we're focused on getting the West Virginia one set up, and then we'll see about the Poland one. But again, that's where I think people's time is, is better spent is working towards saving yourself first, then worry about fighting the bigger issue. And the bigger issue is if you could figure out how to frame this battle between technology and humanity uh, without telling people to go live like by candlelight under a rock somewhere. If you could figure out how to frame that and start to wake people up and, and so that they understand that them selling out their perceived, can, they're, they're like they're trading perceived convenience for actual freedom and liberty, dignity, autonomy, and, and eventually humanity. Like you're selling all that to these guys. You are selling your soul piece by piece. That's how I see it. Piece yeah. by piece, uh, you're giving it to them. I mean, when, when you look at the AR and VR technology and this EEG stuff, it's all yeah. about manipulating your brain. They don't hide it. I just reviewed this company uh, today on my show in detail, like about what the technology is. They're selling these things mm-hmm. and they're mainstream at this point. And so when you know this exists, like say with your brother, you know, how yeah. could you put it on if you know what the purpose is? I was just saying that to my audience. I know there's some people that play video games and they say to me, well, I know the dangers and I love it. And I'm like, okay, well, I know the dangers of heroin. So I inject it into my arm three right. days a week. I mean, right, right. I know. It's, you don't it's, know the nature or you're addicted to it because why exactly. wouldn't you get rid of it? And then you're going to complain to me about the, uh, you know, the, the GMO food at the grocery store. Well, instead of playing video games for eight hours a week, why aren't you growing an indoor garden? Start getting some tomatoes and cucumbers going inside your house using organic seeds. You could use the eight hours of video games to actually build an indoor garden. And even in right. your little apartment, you can do it. You know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, there's so many things and I think you're right. I mean, the whole bottom line is with all of this is just basically it's mindset. You have to either change your mindset. You're either going to be in it or you're going to be out of it or you're going to have something in, in between. And I think that I think mostly I think the people in this community anyway that I that I talk to, I mean, they, they're all for the, you know, there's a lot of vegans, which I listen. I'm sorry. I like me. <laughs> I'm just going to say this, okay? I mean, but I could not, I would not be able to kill an animal to eat it. Well, I would say say this, I would say this to the uh, vegans out there. Uh, One, I would definitely not eat meat from the store. Also, if you're buying cattle from a local farmer, you need to find out if they vaccinate the cattle. That's a new thing I found out because a lot of them you don't think they do and they actually do. but for the vegans, I think in the long run, uh, and I, I've, I've read almost every, like, not diet book, but lifestyle book, yeah. I think in the long run, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because I don't think the human body can actually survive long uh, in a very healthy way without the meat protein. I just don't think it could be done. And if you're supplementing with soy and stuff like that, that's all the man-made garbage designed to that. kill you. They're going to kill you with that. That's actually poison. So I'm just oh. saying... Uh, if you're eating like 
soy cakes and impossible burgers and fake chicken nuggets and all this Plant other stuff. Plant-based plant is the biggest scam on the planet. That's It's called plant-based because people see it as them grinding up grass and then making like a glass cleaner out of it or making a steak. I just warn you guys, like do a little more research. I would find clean meats from true local, like our local farmer uh, is going to be on my show, Farmer Carol. She actually has true 100%, you know, organic chickens. Uh, we get fish from people that fish it from the wild. Now, can there be pollution in the water? Obviously, the big guys are polluting the water, the soil, the food, and the air. But, um, you know, that's all part of, like, building your community and building your clean lifestyle. I mean, I, we still have a lot of work to do. We're getting ready to start filtering our own water and then storing that in glass jugs and trying to totally get rid of using anything plastic. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do. You're not, and you're not going to get to all of it, but, um, I don't know. I would just, I'd be careful of like not eating meat. I, I don't know how well you're going to survive in the long run. And then if you're doing just vegetables, you definitely have to make sure you're doing everything organic. And if you buy organic from the store, you got to do your research on that because most yeah. of the organic food is actually GMO. They say that it's not under certain like USDA classification, uh, but uh, a lot of it actually is GMO. So you're not getting all the nutrients out of the food that you would get if it was truly organic. So I just be careful. That's all. And I yeah. trust me, I've gone back and forth on different diets and removed glutens and have done a lot of different things over the years. Um, that's all I'd say. I mean, nobody's judging you. I'd say just be careful and do a lot of research. Yeah, just do the research. I mean, you know, um, I, you know, like I said, I mean, I've been, I've been eating more, uh, I've been eating health, trying to anyway, eat healthier as far as like, um, trying to eat more vegetables and, you know, that kind of thing, more organic stuff. But yeah, you have to source everything. And I want to say too, before we end the show real quick here is that Dustin, um, you source everything. All your research is sourced. Can you just go through that litany of what you do when you're researching all this stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, when it comes to uh, the technology stuff, which is a lot of what I talk about, everything I cover, and if I'm on the show and I give my opinion, um, or I'm, I'm like, yeah. can I, I always try to point out, like, I'll stop and say, okay, here's my opinion on this. Mm -hmm. But what I do on the show is everything comes from uh, the white papers, uh, all these uh, position papers, the documents, uh, articles, videos, panel discussions, speeches, all directly from the source. Um, so if I'm talking about central bank digital currency, that's all coming from the Bank for International Settlements documents, the UN documents uh, from you know, even like I don't even use really World Economic Forum as a source for that because the initial work comes out of Bank for International Settlements or I'll find uh, articles and white papers that come out of Visa, MasterCard, Citibank because they're the ones who are actually building it all. So this way, if people say that's a conspiracy theory, I'm like, well, tell that to Citibank because in their white paper, they said they're doing it. So could they be lying? Yeah, but I don't have the ability to dig a tunnel underneath Citibank and steal documents from them. So I can only go off of that. Then the majority of when I do uh, history, uh, like I've done you know, the history of Operation Paperclip when we brought Nazis over here after World War II or MK Ultra when we did mind control experiments, which I 
have proven that has not ended. Um, I use the official narrative stuff that comes from the government because everything else is just speculation, conjecture, or somebody's opinion. So if the government admits to X, Y, and Z, but so-and-so wrote about A, B, and C, and there's no facts behind that, I don't use that. Because my opinion is that what the government admits to is bad enough. (laughs) It's already bad. Like, you admit that we had a chemist who was playing uh, mind control experiments on people and killing them in secret prisons. Okay, that's bad enough to me. Now, again, could the government be lying because I don't trust them? Yes, they could be lying. But I'm trying to explore what they already admit to. If they admit to it, then as far as we're to believe, it's real. So if I can tell somebody that we were like actually running mind control experiments on people, well, who said that? The government. They admit to it. So I do that. And then what I do on my show a lot of times, if I'm analyzing something from World Economic Forum or one of these panel discussions, instead of just taking the one-minute sound bites you'll find on, say, Twitter, I'll analyze the whole 30-minute or one-hour panel discussion because I want people to see uh, that everything is in context. There's, I'm not cherry-picking something out to make it seem crazier. Like, I don't take one little clip of Yuval Noah Harari and say, okay. see what he said? I go, here, let's listen to the 30 minutes of this psychopath talking. Right. Uh, Because I want people to hear um, everything about it. As far as everything else, like um, going out and homesteading, like recently Mm -hmm. I brought a a cattle rancher on the show. He's a real-life cowboy from Colorado. I want to learn about religion. I bring on pastors. You know, I want to learn about, uh, I've got a guy coming on soon who's uh, like a water purification engineer. Mm. I've got another guy coming on who was also a cattle rancher who knows all about the vaccines. I've got this farmer. So I try to reach out to people that are, you know, experts in the area. And a lot of what I'm doing on my show is reaching out to people that come from the audience and also in my personal life, because I don't necessarily want guests that were on shows 500 times and they're going to just say the same thing on my show. So I go out and I'm like, oh, okay. You, hey, Farmer Carol, you know, will you do my podcast? Yeah. That's a woman that's my friend. Yeah, I'll do it because then you're going to get information from her you've never heard anywhere else because it's exactly. she doesn't run around doing podcasts. You don't find out years later that Steve Bannon was paying her to say certain things, you know, or she secretly yeah. works for Monsantos, you know, like I don't, I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to keep talking to them. Those people are all over the place. You can find them on every other show. So I try yeah. to go out and find um, real people. Yeah. I think it's great. Well, tell everybody how they can find you and if they want to listen to how many shows are you in now? A hundred and what? I'm actually at, uh, I just recorded 140, but there were some specials in there. So it's about 150, I would say. Wow. Okay. And so on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those things, it's uh, the Dustin Gold Standard. And then you can uh, join uh, pain.tv, that's P-A-I-N-E, like Thomas Payne.tv slash gold uh, to get access to the ad-free video version of the podcast. If you want to support my work, you can do so at donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. And then um, we'll be launching in the next uh, few days. I'm just going to have DustinGoldShow.com up, which you'll be able to... Um, you know, uh, just link off to where all the podcasts are and stuff like that. And and then at some point, we're going to be doing our own 
uh, video platform, which will be Gold Standard TV. So that's like in the works. Everything takes forever in this uh, crazy world we live in. But uh, know, you know, yeah, you definitely. get the podcast for free. You just have to listen to the ads, and the ads are funny because they're inserted by Spotify, and they don't make any sense because I'll be railing against uh, artificial intelligence, like artificial intelligence is going to destroy humanity. All right, let me go to a short commercial break, and then I'll be like, "This episode is sponsored by artificial intelligence. Artificial <laughs> intelligence is fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> but I, when I tell that I'm very transparent with the audience yeah. in podcasting or video podcasting, you can only pay your bills via the ads that they insert on the free side. Right. Uh, if you, if you get big enough that you can get sponsors that you don't have to sell your soul to, that's where you'd read the ad, you know, and say, uh, I brush my teeth with this organic toothpaste, like that stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, if you sell merchandise, if you have a subscription based site, and then eventually, if you do like get paid to do live speaking, that's really the only way yeah. that you can uh, make money. So on the free side, I figure, what the hell if Spotify wants to run a bunch of ads in there that that don't make any sense? I find it to be comical. Like I, I'm sure it's like city banker scumbags. They're building central bank digital currency. I'm going to go to a short commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. City bank, join now. Get a free account. <laughs> like. I was like, your your AI algorithms need some uh, tweaking there. If you keep inserting ads that I'm trashing, you know. Fun with AI with Dustin Gold. That should be the next thing. I swear. Oh my god. No, I swear, Chrissy. You know what I was just thinking? So I I ended up uh, last week on uh, TikTok. I never went on TikTok, and. This guy who listens to the show has been a guest, told me to go over to TikTok because his daughter's always on there. We can reach younger people. So I set up a, just a TikTok. I didn't post anything just to get in there and look. Yeah. I, it was like an MK Ultra mind control experiment. Like, oh. it's the creepiest, scariest stuff I've ever seen. So I figure if this show doesn't work out, I'm yeah. going to buy one of these EEG helmets to like read oh, your brain. Yeah. And I'm going to set up a TikTok account. I'm going to see if I can get that company as a sponsor. I'm just oh, going to come go. down here in the basement studio. I'm going to tell Maggie and Willie that I'm not going to see them for a year. I'm going to make the money to buy the homestead. And I'm just going to do TikTok videos of me, like, shocking my brain and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, it's crazy. I mean, TikTok is, you know, owned by China. So, yeah. I mean, of course, it's an MK Ultra experiment over there i know my niece goes over there all the time you know she's talking to me about the books and stuff because you know i'm writing my book you know yeah. about that but, but you know so she's like no there's there's a whole community on there where you know you can put your book out people will and all this i'm like i don't understand this tiktok thing and then i went over there and i'm like what the heck is going on over here i like i i don't think i really want to be associated with the tiktok situation but i mean everybody no. I, I, told, I told the guy who told me to go there, his, uh, his name's Jim, yeah. I, and like immediately I texted him. I said, listen, I hashtag just to look up like technocracy, transhumanism, yeah. world economic forum, just to start yeah. to look to see what was there. Right. I said, I didn't know there was real people that actually wanted to merge with man and, man and machine yeah. together, there but is. I found him on, on TikTok. And yeah. I said, and I said to him, so I start trying to find like anti-establishment type stuff. Yeah. The, the video that had the most views in there was like a guy with lipstick and long hair and he was talking with a voiceover of a girl and it was going 9-11 is an inside job 9-11 is an and I said to him dude this is seriously like 
if, if the CIA brought you to a torture chamber, <laughs> right, in a dungeon, in a black site in Afghanistan, and they strap you down to an old dentist chair with barbed wire and pin your eyelids open with crocheting needles, this is what would be on the television, like flashing before you. Well, they're trying to turn you into the Manchurian candidate so they could bring you back home and run you for president. Like, this is what it looks like. And I said to him, the only way I would ever get anything across, I said, say we're going to talk about, like, CBDC is bad. I said, I would have to dress up as, like, Pee Wee Herman and have breast implants put in and then run around going, CBDC is bad. CBDC is bad. (laughs) Like, weird flashing lights. Like, that's TikTok to me. That would be hilarious. I think you should do it, Dustin. You go, go in there, pretend like you're, you know, get, getting some costume or something. <laughs> I'm tell- that, that 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 would actually probably get a lot of views on TikTok. I'm not kidding. It would. It, would. it doesn't make any sense to me, Chrissy crazy I like like know. like if you like if you wanted to talk about uh like say the old soap opera podcast you used to do yeah. back in the day if you talked about uh soap operas <laughs> while you were having a sex with your cat <laughs> while you're while you're dressed up as curious george in a furry costume <laughs> that, that would no that would not get enough views that's the problem <laughs> That would be considered vanilla over a TikTok. I swear, I survived the fan, uh, the fans, um, the couple fan, whatever, the soap opera fans and their couples. And oh my God, that was just torture. But anyway, we won't even go this. But anyway, but thanks so much for coming on the show. All right. (laughs) Thank you very much. And uh, hey, I got a surprise for you. I'll say it on the show. This way, it it has to be done. I'll have that book cover over to you uh, tomorrow. Uh, and then, then we'll make any changes if we have to make them. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll all right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. All right, talk to you later. Uh, bye. Bye. I'm out of here. Let's see.